0: Hey, welcome back to digital Hockey. This is Chris and today's co-host Sebastian. Hello, hello. And you know us, we're just a goalie and a goon that have taken one too many pucks or fists to the head and do not claim to be hockey experts, but simply overzealous hockey fans that love to play, watch, read, and talk about hockey. So uh how goes it, CBass?
1: Oh, not bad. finally getting over some weird throat viral infection, so uh be happy being able to talk. Um, as, as some people may have noticed, uh, you know, I wasn't around last week. Uh, things are a little rough, but uh, hey, things are going well uh, off the ice now, and things are going well on the ice for the boys, so I can't complain. What about you?
0: Uh, yeah, I was I, I was going to mention the uh, the games. Uh, it seems like you had a pretty decent weekend. You had a, a win, and then uh, sadly, an overtime loss or was a shootout loss, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, a shootout loss yeah. in Perth. And, you know, I I think the the boys could have came out with the win. Um, I think uh, we're one of the youngest teams in the league, and we should. I mean, we're we're leading goals for by like I think it's like nineteen goals or something like that. Like it's crazy. Like our team can oh. score goals. Like there's no no question about that. But I think we're also so young. So you know, yeah, we can score a lot of goals. But we're also I don't want to say fragile, but you know, the guys kind of get a little upset if if they can't you know continuously score. And you know, they're, they're like like our head coach and I always tell them like. The day you stop getting chances is the day that that you know that's not good. That's because you're now you know out of the league. If you continuously getting chances, you know eventually something's going to happen for you and something's going to break. And um, actually, in our our last game there, we won 8-2 and we had a, one of our 16 year old rookies who was you know pretty hard on himself. He just kept telling me, you know, Sebi, I want to score, or I want to get this, I want to get that, and he's got all the talent to do it, but he was just trying too hard, so you know, I had a chat and just said, just said, hey, let it go, like just have fun, it's going to happen. And um, he got a ghost, he got an assist, right? He, he thinks it's a ghost assist, but it, it, he got a secondary assist that we didn't really know about, so, you know, whatever. Then he got a wicked assist on a beautiful sauce pass across to his teammate for a great shot. You know, all the boys were more excited for him getting his, what we thought was his first assist, uh, and then in the third period, he bears his first goal. And, you know, you can just tell. It, you never want to never really, like, cheer and be super excited when, you know, it's the seventh goal of a game, especially when it's, like, 7-2. But, you know, we're so excited for the kid. And so, you know, the whole bench got pretty excited. And I think the other team was not happy about it. But I think if they understood the circumstance and, you know, how much this kid's been working for this this, this first goal. So I was pretty happy with him. So, yeah, it was, it was a good weekend overall. I mean, three out of four points. So you can't really be too mad. Um, looking at the standings, uh, they have us right now in first in the league, which uh, I think Perth actually has a game in hand. So they should be first, but hey, whatever. Right now it says Carlton plays number one, so I'll take it. And uh, I think the boys are pretty happy about that.
0: No, they were a really good set of games there. I watched, because because a lot of these games are when I'm in bed, so I watched the game you guys had on Friday night, uh, like mid to, midway through my Saturday. And then I started your Saturday game uh what is today we're recording on monday the 25th so i started it on sunday fell asleep because it was like one o'clock in the morning <laughs> and uh and picked up the second half of the game because you guys were up at i think three nothing or something at the end of the first or something like that three to one and i picked up the last two periods this evening when i got home from tavoli here in uh in copenhagen so you know really really cool games there uh that one goal uh, where, I don't know maybe it was the seventh goal or the eighth goal where the guy just really strong arm the other player the whole way and then put the pass across it was just I think that was a really good individual effort there,
1: yeah, and that's actually that was our sixteen year old who uh oh, okay you know had been working and working and working you know that was his first well that ended up being his first point with the assist, but we weren't hundred percent sure, but you know we had a lot of like not I don't want to say you don't really know your players, but we had one goal. I'm sure you saw the one-timer on the power play. His name's Hunter Neal, and and, I mean, he's a great hockey player. Uh, He's a PK specialist. I think the the kid has more goals in the PK than he does in regular season. He's already got three goals in the PK this year. It's crazy. Um, But he unleashed a one-timer just under the bar. And everyone on the bench just looked at each other and went, holy crap, like what? And then when he got there, he goes, yeah, I've got a pretty good one-timer. And we're like, okay. So from now on, we feed the kid the one-timer. So, you know, it was funny that, uh, you know, you, you learn hidden talents from certain guys. And, you know, it was a fun game. I mean, it's not always, you know, you don't want, want to be beating up on teams. But after a, a loss, I think it was good for the guys to kind of, get a win and you know we've got a really busy week coming up with three games and in three games in four days so you know getting a win like that is pretty cool and you know the, the you know the hopes are high and everything's going good so we'll have a nice you know good practice tomorrow and then off to Brockville for our first game against Brockville it's actually our first weekday game of the of the year so I'm kind of uh interested to see how the boys kind of uh show up for that one because you know all our games have been Friday Saturday Sundays and up until now
0: yeah, and that's always a little bit of change of scenery and change of mindset when it's like midway through your week Yeah, so you, you've actually got to change kind of your mental game there for for a midweek type game But uh, hopefully they come to play and hopefully they they escape with a win Yeah, this week and then normally like you mentioned So you kind of came down with that, uh, you know sickness last week And some of our listeners know most probably don't We usually record what we call backup episodes So last week Uh, The episode that dropped on Wednesday was the one Ben and I recorded like early to mid-September, and we always record these in the event that something happens and we just can't get a recording in. So there wasn't any talk of what happened that week and and basically the teams we cover, the hockey world. It just was kind of an episode where, you know, we sat there and we talked about. You know what nhl and echl and, and international hockey cities would be kind of like our go-tos in, cer- in certain scenarios and we definitely record those backup episodes and always have like a couple in stock we have none right now we got to record a couple <laughs> but we usually have a couple in stock in the event that recording just can't happen and we just want to make sure that the listeners have uh, some hockey related material from us uh, weekly uh, usually dropping there on wednesday um, and that's kind of what we dropped last week and Even this week, like this weekend, I wasn't able to really catch up on all the games I generally get to watch. It was a really kind of a packed weekend. Like I said, I really just wrapped up y'all's Sunday game here on Monday or your Saturday game on Monday. And yeah, I watched all the games that I normally would watch on Friday. So I got to watch the Mustangs. I got to watch the Mallards. I got to watch the other Mountain Division games because I think it was Pueblo in Utah this weekend. The Northeast Generals were back in Maryland to face against the Black Bears, Arn Pryor was hosting, uh, I think, the Arrows this weekend. So making it through those games, I went through all Friday's games. Um, On Saturday's game, I only watched Ogden and y'all and Carlton play. So I still got the three more games to make it through on Saturday. And uh, only one game on Sunday, which is super rare. And that was the Pueblo, Utah series. So. See how those games go through and, you know, talk about it. I love watching those teams. I love watching the Mountain Division. Anyone that listened to Sunday Morning Coffee earlier this week, you got to hear from our newest co-host, Edition, which is Michelle Wells. She has her own podcast called Bullseye. She does with Rev89. And really awesome to talk to her for the first time on the podcast. And we're looking forward to having her as a member of the team moving forward for sure.
1: Yeah. You know, it's always nice to add someone new to the team and a new perspective and you know, brings in different interests and different, you know, teams that they like to follow. So, you know, anytime we're able to bring someone else new, it just kind of expands, you know, what we kind of talk about and what we cover. So, uh, you know, welcome. And uh, I'm excited to obviously listen to the podcast and also be part of them. So it's going to be fun.
0: Yeah, and I was telling Sebastian, because he hasn't even gotten a chance to hear that episode yet, because it's only Monday, and told him about the fact that she loves Marvel. And I already knew Ben did, but I'm like, I don't know if Seabass is that big of a fan. We're going to have to find out. Well, Seabass, you want to tell her?
1: Oh, yeah. I'm I'm all in on the Marvel universe, so we're just going to have an episode (laughs) where Chris just stays home and we just talk about Marvel. And uh, it'll just be Sunday coffee without Chris, I guess, because he's the only guy who doesn't like them.
0: You know, I'm just gonna be the I'm just gonna be the voice of some of our listeners that are like, wait, what? It's gonna be you, Ben, and Michelle. I'll just talk about Marvel characters and me going, who's the rock guy? He looks um, like a boulder.
1: And just so you know, Batman isn't in Marvel, so I just want to let you know that. Come on, just I don't want you bring up Batman <laughs> while we're talking about, you know, oh, but about is and, Yeah, so um, you know, to to kind of answer your question about if Robin's in the Marvel Universe. Uh, for those, uh, obviously, you're not going to hear this part of the podcast, but my computer actually just decided to close down my program that we record on and, uh, you know, answer my question for Chris. Basically said, <laughs> I've had enough of your nonsense and shut her down. So, you know, for those of you who are Marvel fans or, you know, like I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm like a, I'm a super, you know, like super fanboy or whatever, but when a Marvel movie comes out, I usually sit down and watch it. So Chris, my computer has had enough of you for one day. So no more no more bad questions. Come on now.
0: Well, well, Skype is a Danish company or was at least created in Denmark, so I don't know if it's still Danish. I imagine it is. And so I'm assuming there's some uh, Skype employee that heard that and went, nope, done. It's over. <laughs> I had enough of you for yeah. one day. Screw you and screw your recording. <laughs> Next
1: happens. thing you know, you're going to go outside and your bikes are going to be stolen.
0: Right? It happens a lot here, so hopefully not. I actually have to take my wife's bike in for a maintenance checkup because uh, – Uh, We get our free maintenance within the first couple months, and then we're doing that, and then you have to do your maintenance on it. Because it sits here and, you know, you take it through the rain and the slush and everything. So these bikes go through a lot here, and they get used a ton more than, I guess, your average bicycle. So maintenance is pretty key. But, yeah, it was really great having her on. Definitely looking forward to the three of you all connecting on that sort of episode. But, yeah, I got to watch a lot of great hockey this weekend. Ogden didn't get to win. It was a tightly contested game. As much as I am a huge Mustangs fan, it was actually kind of relieving to see Provo get their first win, dramatic as it was in overtime, against Ogden at home. So the Provo fans got to see their team finally win a game, and hopefully that's the monkey off their back. And we're back to a straight up five team division. Uh, as as Michelle and I were talking on Sunday morning coffee, it was so awesome last year to have every team in this division competitive. And Provo just announced that they're back in the game. So, and, and huge shout out there for Patrick Colburn, there the, the goalie for the Provo River Blades. Seriously, some of the saves he made in that game. But he's I'm sorry, I, I know six of you guys scored, but. None of you were going to score unless he was stopping just some unreal attempts. There was a couple saves in that game that were just sick. You know, huge shout out there to Colburn on finally getting that victory. Much deserved. I love my hockey.
1: For Ogden though too, like you know, even for us we're having the kind of same situation where it's almost good to take a loss early like this and kind of reevaluate and work on the things that maybe, you know, when you're going through a bit of a win streak you yeah, players don't think they need to work on. So you know, when you get a loss like that, you can look at the things being like, Here, you know, we've been preaching, say, power play. Power play hasn't been clicking as much as we should be and you know, we we work on it and not that guys don't pay attention or guys aren't going, but it's like, yeah, yeah, like we're winning. It is what it is. When you take that loss, it's kind of like that gut check time. So, I mean, if I'm Ogden, obviously you want the win, but hey, the loss is a learning opportunity. And uh, like you said, hopefully they just get right back on the horse, no pun intended.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah and I, I mean, I loved watching these games, and I'm always overly critical. I think as like a Sabres fan, I'm always super overly critical of the Buffalo Sabres. And, and first always first place, will be. Buffalo Sabres. I know it's stupid right (laughs) unbelievable but when it comes to like the Mustangs I'm always really overly critical of the Mustangs so I literally be sitting in my living room now it used to be my home office in Utah but I'm sitting in my living room now shouting at things I'm seeing certain players do wrong and my wife will come out she's like you know they can't hear you right I'm like yeah but it, i've done this my entire life i I do the same thing for bills games sabers games mustangs games you know cardinals games i don't care i'm gonna yell as though the players can hear me <laughs> so it's like but yeah i mean there's always something you can work on in your game for every team i watch there's always something in their game they can work on so like you said not the worst loss, but I really did feel a, a bit of relief there for Provo, uh, as I've watched every single one of their games, and every single one of Pueblos, and Northern Colorados, and Utahs, and yeah, and of course, always Ogden. So, But yeah, I mean, the Mallards didn't come away with the win this weekend either, but I think they played a pretty decent game. Uh, the Generals, I've only watched Friday night's game, and it was a very nice, handsome victory. Really, the whole kick play at the end of the first period was just wicked and wild, that was really. I think it was Minahan that did that. I don't remember anymore. I haven't seen Saturday's game, so I won't comment about bulk of these games. But really fun games to watch this weekend. Arm Pryor played really good. Carlton Place played really good. You know, it's I'm starting to learn some of these names of the of the opposing teams there in the EOJHL right now too, with Athens and Perth and such. And pretty convinced. I keep hearing Keeley on Perth. Yep. And yeah. Of the yeah. One. yeah, and I'm pretty. I mean, it's a small town, but I'm pretty confident that's like my wife's best friend's husband's cousin or something. <laughs> I so, everything, and I heard his name a lot that game. Uh, so, you know, definitely talented player out there. But it, it was interesting to see uh, all the games this weekend. And I mean, you've been talking a lot about, you know, our, our American Dream Team lines, our Canadian Dream Team lines, Russian Dream Team lines, and we're now at our european dream team lines and before we even get into our european dream team lines i've already fantasized and created my all-time lines and i cannot wait for that episode yeah i think there's going to be some there's going to be some conversation of our all-time doesn't matter what country they're from. I want to put my team up against your team, and I want to know what the listeners think. But right now, we're going to do our European lines, and this one is really exciting. I love geeking out like this on hockey stuff, and yeah, I'm I'm ready to get into it. So do you want to start in goaltending?
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. We can start in goaltending because that one actually was – honestly, was probably one of the hardest ones.
0: (laughs) It was, and well, for me, I will say it was – easy and hard because i already knew the names but then i was uh, looking at a bunch of other names i'm like well crap <laughs> that's where i
1: i was like i had three people in my head and then i was like oh yeah i'll just look through and i'm like how did i not remember this guy and how did i not think of this guy and like oh yeah that guy played and i'm like oh my god so i rolled with the three guys that came to mind right away because obviously they left some kind of impact on me so i had to go with them
0: yeah and sometimes that's what you got to do so who do you have as your depth goalie
1: so my depth goal, and this is how good these goaltenders would be, is Kiprasov. Honestly, like, my backup, who will actually my 1B, I won't call him a backup, my 1B, for some reason just didn't pop in my head. The guy played for Ottawa at one point, like, I should have been in my head, but as soon as I came across Kiprasov's name, I was like, this guy in his prime was literally impossible to score on. Like, oh,
0: yes, he was.
1: So I was like, man, this guy's a third goalie, like, this team would be nasty.
0: Yeah, the fact that he's your third, I'm very excited to see who your top two are because I'm just gonna say he was my backup goalie, Kipper. When when he was on, you weren't you weren't scoring on him. He
1: spe- oh, like you think about the playoffs when he like carried them through like to the Stanley Cup Finals, like yeah. guy was insane. So yeah, that's that's my that's my depth goaltender. But I mean, if my other two goalies would go down, I wouldn't be sweating because he's still a great starting caliber goalie.
0: No kidding. All right, my depth goalie is none other than the King. Henrik Lundqvist I mean just the amount of wins and just I mean he was the face of the New York Rangers no he didn't get a Stanley Cup and I hate when people start talking about that crap I just I just don't think that defines a single player's career at any level in any sport I understand that a lot of people look to that like oh should Matt Sundin be in the yes Matt Sundin should be in the Hall of Fame look at how great that player is I hate when people are like well they never won a Stanley Cup who cares I like guys like Shane Doan who stick with their team, no matter what, you know, those are the types of players I want on my teams, but Henrik Lundqvist, I mean, he's my, I don't know if he made your list, but he was my, uh, he was my depth goalie. I think he's just one of the best European goalies of all time.
1: Oh, you'll, you'll certainly hear his name on my list. Don't worry about that.
0: (laughs) Okay. All right. So who are your uh, goalie one and goalie two?
1: So one A and one B I had one A as Lundqvist Uh, for me. That just, to me, I think he's the greatest goalie to never win anything right now. I am actually upset that, you know, his—I I wouldn't say his career was wasted, but he never really got a fair shake at a cup. He was just steady Eddie. I mean, even right basically down to his last, you know, couple of years, he was still just an absolute stud. So for me, I had to start him just because of who he is, and I love growing up watching him. And then my one B was the guy for some reason that just wouldn't pop in my mind, but and that's uh, the Dominator. I mean, in his prime. <laughs> Again, you either can score on him or he would just take you out when you cross the blue line. So it's kind of like one of those situations where you're just going to come in and shoot from the blue line because you don't want your knees taken out. So, But for real, Hasik was a stud and, you know, to me, one of the best ever played back there. So that was my 1A, 1B. And, you know, I, again, 1, 1A, 1B, 1C, you can call it. And I'd be fine rolling any
0: of those guys. Well, apparently me and you have really similar tastes because my number one goalie is Hashik. So... My one was Hashik, 2 was Kipper and 3 was Lundqvist. Yours was Lundqvist, Hashik, Kipper. So we picked the same three guys. We've never done that. No. Oh,
1: well, I mean, there's a lot of great European goalies, but I Tons. think those three just sit at the top in, you know, it's like a category of their own.
0: Uh, clearly we mean you were thinking alike on this list because these three are just they stand at their own level for sure. Let's move into defense. Uh we'll break into our defensive depth player and then we'll just go third line, second line, first line defender. So who's your uh depth defender?
1: So for my depth forward and defender, I for both of them I went with youth. I didn't do that in any of these other well, can't say that, but you kind of I didn't really go much into you know youth, but I think these so I'll, I'll talk about, they're both German players. Um, I think they're both, you know, future stars. And I think they're already showing it. So for my depth defenseman with um, Maurice Sider, who currently plays for the Red Wings, I think that he stepped in the NHL and just hasn't missed a step. He just looks like one of those steady European defensemen that Detroit always has. And I think that's great for German hockey. Because I think he's that next big thing. You know, they got got Jaisal right now with Sider there. I think that's, it's just that first time where they have, you know, a defenseman who's an absolute stud and has been showing it. So to me, if I was building a team, I'd want to bring a younger guy to learn basically from, you know, obviously this is you know not a real situation, but if I was building a team and this was a real situation, I want to bring a guy like Morris Sider up and kind of learn from the rest of these defensemen. To me, I think he's a future stud. So I brought him as an extra, but there's no way he could touch the six defensemen that are above him, though.
0: No, I mean, that's a really good selection there. I also went with youth on my depth guy. I went with Miro Hiskinen out of Dallas. I think watching him play in that COVID playoff season in the bubble. I was aware of him at the time, but not that aware. He played so mature and played so well and you constantly heard his name. I think he's just going to probably go down as one of the the great European defenders of all time. He's still young, obviously. <laughs> he's you know a young player here, but with that much maturity that young already, I I think he's going to be He's just gonna be an excellent player for sure. So, who do you got as your third line defenders?
1: So, my third line defenders, um, I try to keep it mixed up, but in this situation, I just couldn't. I just, to me, Sweden just pumps out defensemen. It's ridiculous.
0: Okay, but I'm yeah. gonna, I'm just gonna cut you off there. Yeah, exactly. I'm with you. I tried to make a very mixed list when it comes to defensemen. Sweden just destroys the rest of Europe.
1: Like, I literally, I I right until, and I'm not going to lie, right until this moment, I had Sammy Salo, who was one of my favorite defensemen growing up on this list. But I was torn between another guy I'd taken him out, which I'm going to name here in a second. And I just flipped back and forth, but I'll say it now. Eric Carlson in his prime just had so much offensive power and was still pretty good in defensive zone. So, like, Sammy Salo was just a stud back in the DN. And I used to love him, but I had to go Carlson on this one just because of... In his prime, even now, I mean this year he's having a great year to start off. Eric Carlson's just an absolute stud. And I paired him up with Victor Hedman, and that's my third pairing.
0: Really good pairing there. And you're right, man. Like uh Sweden just really pumps out just defensemen. That's that's why basically all but one more of the names on defense is just for me gonna be a bunch of players from Sweden. But I have Borgs Salming and Nicholas Lindstrom. Both sweet. So Bort Salming, now he started his career in the National Hockey League when I wasn't even born yet. But he's been listed as one of the best defenders of all time. And you know, played all those years with the Red Wings and the Leafs, just known as the king himself. Henrik Lundqvist is the king in my generation. He was the king in his generation. And pairing him with Nicholas Lindstrom, I just think that would be a, a shutdown pair.
1: If I'm just gonna go off what you just said there and move into mine, I mean, I had I had your Solomon in mind as well. Uh, he's up in my second pairing. You know, they call him the king, and I honestly think that the generation after him of just ridiculous Swedish defensemen, I think, come from you know basically kids idolizing his game and how he played. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, I think he was just kind of that like breakout star as a defenseman. Like, I think honestly, like. No pressure on you there, you know, more cider. But I think this is the more cider <laughs> effect, hopefully, where, you know, he becomes an absolute stud. And then more and more German kids want to become defensemen and, you know, play that game, which I think this is what happened here. I mean, um, I want to pair him with Lindstrom because I have heard Lindstrom talk about him, you know, how he was an inspiration and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But to me, Lindstrom's the GOAT and he belongs on the first line. So that's a little tidbit about who's on my first line. But I had to put salmon with the hammer. So Roman Hammerlick. This guy was just oh, a defensive yeah. stud. And I'm not going to lie, Hammerlicks in this lineup. Just because I didn't want to run with six Swedish players. There's another non Sweden in my top pairing, but Roman Hamlick, from what I remember when I watched him you know, as I was a kid, is he just shut things down. Like, you know, you got a power line, no problem. This guy was just a strong beast back there, and you know, they call him the hammer for a reason. So to me that my second line is my my shutdown line where like you wanna go and you know, go in the dirtiers, no problem. We got the hammer and we got Solomon and you know, you're SOL basically.
0: Literally, you would be SOL. I didn't even have the hammer listed there. I think didn't even run across my mind. I'm like, wow, shoot. But the second you said his name, I'm like, oh hell. Uh, but I still really like my pairing here. I all I have Victor Hedman on my second line. I know you had him on your third. I have him as a, as a second line, but I paired him with Alf Samuelson. Alf Samuelson in his prime, uh, he played with Hartford, Pittsburgh, and such. And I, I still remember. I mean, he was at probably at the end of his playing career when I started watching hockey, but everyone knew Samuelson. And you can't have like with Salman and Samuelson like Salman kind of preceded Samuelson and then Samuelson was I think for the generation of like the Swede defenseman I started growing up with and I just think that uh having Hedman and Samuelson on the second line would just be would be pretty wicked I have a feeling you and I have the same non-Swedish player on our first line but uh, I'm very curious to see who your first line is
1: uh, so for me, obviously when first I said I had, um, you know, I had Lindstrom. And to me, I started playing defenseman because I watched Lindstrom. I just love his shutdown game of hockey. He was still there offensively, but I mean, he was just so good defensively. And, and you know, I don't want to say rarely took penalties, but compared to most defensemen, rarely took penalties. And I mean, he's the goat to me. So I had to go Lindstrom, and then you know, I had to basically put the monster himself next to him, and that's the Dan O'Chara
0: <laughs> in his, his
1: prime. I mean. That reach, you know, the fear of just getting crunched by him. There's players that fake dropped their gloves and Char basically just manhandled them. So you put something there that's that opposing and it's, you know, it's scary for teammates, especially in his prime. I mean, he's still, he was still decent when he played with Boston. And I haven't had a chance to watch him play with the Islanders, but I know he lost you know, some foot speed and that was kind of what hurt him the most. But, you know, he, he's been a leader basically everywhere he's been and he was an absolute monster in his prime. So to me, that's my top two. And those are just both absolute, you know, goats in, on defensemen.
0: Well, Char is basically one of the few guys in the NHL that's still older than me. Yeah, I mean, was he's 43. Like I think older. so. He's,
1: he's, he's getting pretty old. I mean, I and I, I was surprised when he signed with the Islanders. But I mean, he might have lost some foot speed. But again, he takes one stride to everyone else's five. So, yeah. you know, it can't be that bad.
0: No. And so giveaway, he's my top defenseman. But I paired him with Nicholas Cronwall. Uh, Nicholas Cronwall, man, I'm sorry. If you have a, the top line of Cronwall and Chara, I'm not even stepping on the ice, man. (laughs) I'm just, I'm just, I'm just in fear on the ice at that point. Just, just
1: just wait and get your head ripped off.
0: Literally. And when I saw, you know, we're, we're going to do European lines. I'm like, no, it's, it's, it was really easy. I picked Chara and Cronwall before I even started thinking about anyone else. I'm like, okay, who else is going to make the list? I automatically knew it was Charm-Cronwell. I just think that, in my opinion, that would be the best European defensive pair you could put forward. Now, we're going to move into offense before we wrap up the podcast. And offense, we're going to start with our depth forwards, and then we're going to go fourth, third, second, and first line. So who do you have as your two depth forwards?
1: So as my two depth forwards, I cheated. So I have three because two of them are one person. And and I'll explain.
0: So I want to bring a young
1: guy. I wanted to bring a young guy, so I brought Jimmy Stutzel himself. I think he's an absolute stud, and stud in the making still. Um, I think he's going to be huge for, you know, German hockey. So I had to bring him, obviously as a sense fan, but just as a hockey fan, I, I love his game. And then this, the Sedins. I mean, they're one person. You can't just bring one and not the other. That's just kind of, it's like having your dunkeroon, cutting off the frosting and throwing it out. It just makes no sense. You have both together. I brought them as an extra pairing because how I did my lines is my fourth line is a mix my third line is Team Finland. My second line is the Czech. And my first line is a Swedish line. So I had such a hard time with that first line that I had to you know, package deal them. And I'm allowed to because they've always been packaged together. And those are my two and a half extra forwards.
0: Okay. Well, I'm going to rip the frosting off the cake for my list. Because oh, I definitely oh, included okay. one Sedin without the other. So I'm Just sorry. i i i know you can't most people won't but
1: if the ref was bringing you the box right now he'd he'd yell at you you
0: can't do that and they can go for you know everyone can brian burke reach out you know i know you don't want to rip the. i mean to pull that move off was just was was hockey operations magic so i'm though picking my lines and i will conclude one sitting without the other but in terms of depth defenders at number two depth defender david Pasternak. i think he's just I mean, the Czech Ford has just been, <laughs> I wish we had him in Buffalo. The guy is so good. It looks like he's got a pretty fun personality with all those Dunkin' Donuts commercials. But my number one depth forward is uh, Peter Statsny out of Slovakia. He was one of the greatest forwards of all time. Unfortunately, he doesn't make my starting line, but he makes the team. So congratulations, Peter.
1: Congratulations, you've made the team.
0: Yeah, you've made the team. When somebody goes down, you're in. But I think that shows how great the uh, the European teams will be here. So who do you have as your fourth line trio?
1: So for my fourth line, it was kind of that mixed line. And I tried to keep a Swedish player away from it, but I just couldn't do it. So many of them. So my mix is Anze Kopitar. To me, he's just absolutely been a stud. Zetterberg, again, just a magical player. And then Leon Draisaitl. To me, that being a fourth line is scary as heck. I love Kopitar's game. Obviously, he's a great leader. Zetterberg was the same way, where he was just always constantly having great games and, and just being a great leader. And Leon Dreisaitl, if you, I mean, honestly, like he always puts up an unreal match, amount of points. And honestly, I think if he was on a different team than McDavid, I think he would get even more praise for what he does. But obviously, you know, everything's overshadowed by McDavid, but I don't think he minds, which is you know good for him. But to me, that line... Would just be crazy.
0: That would be. Now, for me, Kopitar didn't make the team. He got bumped off during my little process to try to pick my teams because I really just sometimes it's hard because I really stick by the left, center, right wing thing and really try to stick to it to make it more complicated and more fun, truthfully. But yeah, Kopitar was bumped off my list. I have Zetterberg, same spot you do. I have his in my fourth line center, and that says something about how good our teams must be. But I paired him with Patrick Elias out of Czech Republic and Peter Bondra out of Slovakia. I think Kevin Elias, Zetterberg, and Bondra, well, <laughs> this is a fourth line that would just strike fear in most teams' first lines.
1: Yeah, I mean, I honestly, not going to lie, completely forgot about Bondra, but that's a great call. I mean, he was just... I mean, when he got traded to Ottawa, he was basically dust, and I was still excited to have him and see him play. I mean, he was great from start to finish.
0: Yeah, he was one of the best players of all time. Now, as for idol, you'll hear his name a little bit later in my list. So who do you have as your third line?
1: So my third line was my finish line, and I'm not going to lie. I think ignorance got to me somehow, where I thought Sasha Barkov was Russian apparently he's not, and I am very wrong. He's from Finland. So my line is Timu Solani, Saku Koivu, one of the greatest leaders of all time, and Barkov. All three of those players, so Barkov being his prime right now, and then Saku and Solani in their prime playing together, I think would literally be a cheat code. That would be unfair. Solani would just score his goals. Saku Koivu would just be the setup guy and an absolute leader on that lineup, and Barkov is just a little bit of both. So to me... That would be the number one line in my opinion on a Finnish roster, and they're my third line right now.
0: That is a hell of a third line. Barkov didn't make my list and I can be honest as well. I thought he was Russian. <laughs> so.
1: Honestly, I, I was looking at Finnish players and I said, Oh, it's Sasha Barkov. And I was like, wait a minute. I was like, no, he and I looked it up and there you go. I was honestly, I was just ignorant and just with the Barkov, I thought he was one hundred
0: percent Russian and yeah, I mean, they share the border and everything, so it's not impossible. But yeah, my brain just said <laughs> because middle. of the last name. Yeah,
1: His house must have been right in the middle of the border. So, you know, if he, if, <laughs> if he was in his sister's room, he would have been Russian, but he, he was in his own room. So he was, you know, he was Finnish. So it's not our fault.
0: Yeah, no, that's a hell of a third line there. Again, for both of those players, your other Finnish players there, you're going to hear them later in my list. I have them a, a little bit higher. Now, for my third line, this is where I, I ripped the frosting off the cake. I have left winger Daniel Sedin. Without his brother. Sorry. You can't do that. Nope. I don't care. That's uh, my, gone. But no, I have Daniel Sedin on left wing, paired with the late Pavel Dimitra on center and Daniel Affordson on right wing. So I remember watching Dimitra basically my entire hockey life and all those years in St. Louis and just what a phenomenal player. He tragically went down with the, the locomotive. That whole team was a huge loss to the hockey community. Just what a awesome player he would easily be on my my third line Daniel Sedin and Alfredson I mean what else can you say about those boys I mean they're some of the best players to ever come out of Europe and I mean you're you're an Ottawa fan so I don't think I need to explain Daniel Alfredson to you
1: no zero percent I've seen all of the magic
0: <laughs> so who's your second line
1: so my second line, and I said, you know, that would be for me, then going with my you know, theme and style I went with is my check line. And this line, again, just an absolute dream line, starting with, you know, the magic. I, I call him the magic man. And I get it. People are like, oh, he's not the magic man. But he's the magic man because he's like 90 years old and still plays top end hockey. <laughs> and that's Yarmir Yager. That guy just doesn't stop. He needs to be called the magic man because, or, you know, father time or whatever, because how is he still playing professional hockey and still putting up points? Anyway.
0: Isn't he almost 50?
1: Uh, he's got to be.
0: Like he's and like 48. just such I think it's 48. I got to Google it. You keep talking. Like, I'm, I'm saying he's 48.
1: He's just an absolute legend. Like, so anyways, father time, your Yager, the magic man, your Yager, whatever. I'm just, I'm giving him all the names with Patty Eliash, which again, just in his prime, watching him in cups, the devil's like, what a stud. Absolutely loved watching him. One of my favorite players. And then just adding past the next that just to, you know, fill the net with 50 goals or whatever he's going to do in a five game pyramid. Cause he's just that gross. I would love to watch that line play. Even today. I don't know if Patti will straps them up, but we know Pasta does. And we know Yager's never going to give it up. So, I mean, this is literally a line that could probably still play together today.
0: They are, I think. And, by the way, Yager is 49. He turns 50 in February. And he's still playing hockey. Is he, like, the next How? Uh,
1: I, I think he's the one and only Yager. Yager. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's, yeah. I mean, well, how long did How play into? Uh, he
1: was... He was pretty up there because he came back to play with the Suns, right? So
0: That's unreal. I think you're right there. Yami is just in a in a league of his own at 49 years old. I was a preteen watching him play in the NHL. And I, as long as guys like him keep playing hockey, I feel good about myself. That's all I'm going to say because I'm like, see, he's 49. He's still playing hockey.
1: So, and, so uh, Gordy retired at the age of 43 and then retired for good at the age of 52.
0: Yarmi Jager is going to go right after him. So Yarmi Jagger's is also on my second line. He's my right winger, but I paired him with left winger Marcus Naslin and centerman Peter Forsberg. So I paired him with a couple Sweden players there. But I think pairing Naslin and Forsberg and Jagger, which they all played at the same time. Yeah, this would be a heck of a, a heck of a line now.
1: Oh, and that's the thing. Like, it's funny when we name some of these guys and like how. Probably could still be great hockey players. Like a lot of them are retired, but like they're just so good. I mean, obviously, we're when we do it this way, we're you know we're saying that they're doing it in their prime or whatever, so they're that much better. But heck, I'd put those lines together now.
0: Yeah, I just wouldn't want to see Naslin wearing one of those ugly Canucks jerseys again. Put him in something pretty. <laughs> you don't want a sprite <laughs> bottle? No, no, that's awful. That's the one that's the that is littered in Marcus Naslin jersey that's etched into my head and I don't know why.
1: Oh, uh, it's because they use him as like the the poster boy when they brought those jerseys out and it's just
0: Is that why it's such head? I think
1: so. When I think Naslin I think of that too, and I'm like, poor guy. I
0: know,
1: Played awful. so hard and had such a great career, just been not ruin ruined it by putting an ugly jersey on him. Ah,
0: that sucks. Okay, man, first line. Who's your first line for Europe?
1: So for me, for Europe, first line was, you know, a Swedish line because just couldn't stop finding stud Swedish players, and I had to basically just go with, the, again, it was like the goaltenders. The first three that popped in my mind were going to be a line. There was the, – I found guys that I probably would rather in there, but, again, these are the first three guys that come to my mind when I think of Swedish hockey players, and that's Matt Sundin. Absolutely hated him growing up because he was, you know, the least captain and I was a sense fan and Battle of Ontario was a real thing, but I respect the hell of him now. Danny Alfredson, as a sense fan, I mean, that was my guy, that was my captain. Absolutely loved watching him. You know, from where he's a great guy, you know, he did a lot of stuff for Ottawa off the ice as well, so, you know, he in a spot that for me and then to me it was just the, the player that came to mind and that's Pierre Forsberg. And how can he not? Pierre Forsberg was just, oh, I, I think Pierre Forsberg in his prime is still on the NHL today. Yeah. So to me, that's just that's line number one. And I mean, that's three A, strong leaders on the line and B, guys who just had magical moments in the NHL.
0: Yeah. And and really, really crushed me not to have Matt Sundin on my list. He was the last guy pushed off my list. These lists are always hard and you're really just trying to come up with the best pairings. I had Forsberg second line, Alfredson third line. But Sundin at one point was on my third line, then got moved to my fourth line. Then, based off of just his position, I just put him in depth. And then, looking at my depth, I'm like, okay, I gotta push Matt Sundin. But my god, him in his prime, like as a Sabres fan, like I said, you're you're a sense fan. You're like, ugh, Matt Sundin. I was a Sabres fan. I'm like, ugh, Matt Sundin. But you lived as that rivalry fan, just like. Uh, what's he going to do to us tonight? <laughs> you know, that was Matt Sundin. But, yeah, you're, uh,
1: not, you're not wrong there. I mean, my favorite moment of Matt Sundin came with Daniel Ortoni. You know, Matt Sundin got suspended for throwing his broken stick into the crowd, and Alfredson broke his stick, ended <laughs> to throw at the next game, and then threw it on the ice, and just got absolutely destroyed by booze by the Leafs fan. That's still probably, like, my top hockey moment ever. You know, I know they were friends off the ice, and that was just, like, you know, one of those, like, funny jabs at each other, but that, that was my favorite moment, of Matt Sundin. Yeah, he was a stud and scored a lot of goals and devastated Ottawa in terrible, terrible times. But you know what? When I think of Matt Sundin, I think of Darvish and throwing the stick, Fakes throwing the stick into the stands and just getting showered by booze.
0: Yeah, I, I think one of the things that stuck out for me with Matt Sundin was just uh, I remember watching Hockey Night in Canada where they were having this debate on whether he should be in the Hall of Fame, and I was just like, this is the most asinine debate I've ever heard. Of course he should be in the Hall of Fame. I don't even. Why are we debating this? It was all about the cup stuff, and I'm like, that's just stupid. I I disagree with it completely. But now, when it comes to my first line, all names you mentioned already, but these ended up being my first liners. At left wing, Leon Dreisaitl. I just think that he's probably the best left winger that's come out of Europe. I think he's just going to keep getting better. I think, like you said, if he doesn't get continuously overshadowed by McDavid, I think he'd just completely stand out even not that people don't know who he is but it might be also position like you said he might like it might be that Evgeny Malkin position with Sidney Crosby okay cool let him be the captain let him be the you know the face of the team I'll just be here scoring goals and I think that's dry side at center I have Saku Koivu I mean him in his prime as well and then at right wing Timo Solani probably in my opinion on this list the best European player I just think he was probably the best player to come out of Europe.
1: I'm going to tell you, you're probably not wrong. I think to me, especially as a forward, um, you know, the only guy that really took, comes to mind for me that may push against that would be Forsberg, just because how yeah. consistent he was. But again, I, I I would probably have to put it on Solani if I – just without even going through and kind of reviewing seasons and seeing, you know, matching apples to apples. I, I, to me, when I think of big moments, obviously Solani, but then I, I think of – or at Forsberg, sorry, but I think of Solani and and how many times he did it with a lesser cast around him than Forsberg did.
0: Of course, these lists are completely biased, and a lot of times these lists are based off of yeah, we've got some facts. Uh, we've got players we never even really got to watch, especially for me and a lot of the, the players out of Russia. There's a bunch of players that I never even got to watch play hockey. But when you look at what they accomplished in their careers, you're like, yeah, how can I leave this player off? How can I leave Karlomov off? I've never got to watch him play, but when you look at what he accomplished in his career in the Soviet Union, it's like, well, f- can't leave him off the list. He's guaranteed. If, if I would, if I was to build a Russian team now, I'd want him on it. So a lot of these players also, we we have really fond memories of or you know horrifying memories of watching them play like like a koivu and a sundin i didn't like watching them play because they were against my team but you recognized the talent and you respected that talent and it's just uh, you know the bias is there and i think that's what makes this awesome because there's people listening right now they're like he didn't mention this guy he didn't mention this guy but you put him on it's like yeah that's where the fun and the aspect of the bias comes in because you know, this is this is the fun part of what we do on this podcast and reviewing these teams. And I think moving forward, when we do probably in November, December, not a hundred percent sure when we'll do the episode, we're gonna go through our all time teams and we'll put my team up against your team there and, and see what the the listeners think. And hey, comment about what you think about our current lists. Who do you think we left off? Who do you think we should have deleted from our lists? We love hearing what you have to say. do want to thank all of you listeners for tuning in, so be sure to follow us on Twitter at PHHOfficial to let us know what you think. And also be sure to comment and share any upcoming games or hockey news we should cover in a future podcast. This was Pigeonhole Hockey Podcast with Chris and Sebastian. Thanks for listening. And remember, always clear your crease.